In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Exodus, chapters 25, verses 1 to 9, chapter 35, verses 1 to 35, and chapter 36, verses 1 to 7. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution for me. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall raise my contribution. This is the contribution which you are to raise from them. Gold, silver, and bronze. Blue, purple, and scarlet material. Fine linen, goat hair. Ram skins dyed red. Porpoise skins, acacia wood. Oil for lighting, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense. Onyx stones and setting stones for the ephod and for the breastpiece. Let them construct a sanctuary for me that I may dwell among them, according to all that I am going to show you as the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furniture, just so you shall construct it. Exodus 35. Then Moses assembled all the congregation of the sons of Israel and said to them, These are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day, you shall have a holy day, a Sabbath of complete rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall not kindle a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath day. Moses spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded, saying, Take from among you a contribution to the Lord, whoever is of a willing heart. Let him bring it as the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, and bronze, and blue, purple, and scarlet material, fine linen, goat's hair, and ram skins dyed red, and porpoise skins, and acacia wood, and oil for lighting, and spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones, and setting stones for the ephod, and for the breastpiece. Let every skillful man among you come, and make all that the Lord has commanded, the tabernacle, its tent and its coverings, its hooks and its boards, its bars, its pillars and its sockets, the ark and its poles, the mercy seat and the curtain of the screen, the table and its poles, and all its utensils, and the bread of the presence, the lampstead also for the light and its utensils, and its lamps and the oil for the light, and the altar of incense and its poles, and the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense, and the screen for the doorway at the entrance of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offerings with its bronze grating, its poles and all its utensils, the basin and its stand, the hangings of the court, its pillars and its sockets, and the screen for the gate of the court, the pegs of the tabernacle, and the pegs of the court and their cords, the woven garments for ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest and the garments of his sons to minister as priests. Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel departed from Moses' presence. Everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him came and brought the Lord's contribution for the work of the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the holy garments. Then all whose hearts moved them both men and women came and brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and bracelets, 
all articles of gold. So did every man who presented an offering of gold to the Lord. Every man who had in his possession blue and purple and scarlet material and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skins dyed red and porpoise skins brought them. Everyone who could make a contribution of silver and bronze brought the Lord's contribution. And every man who had in his possession acacia wood for any work of the service brought it. All the skilled women spun with their hands and brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet material and in fine linen. All the women whose heart stirred with the skill spun the goat's hair. The rulers brought the onyx stones and the stones for setting for the ephod and for the breastpiece and the spice and the oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. The Israelites, all the men and women whose heart moved them to bring material for all the work which the Lord had commanded through Moses to be done, brought a free will offering to the Lord. Then Moses said to the sons of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all craftsmanship, to make designs for working in gold, and in silver, and in bronze, and in the cutting of stones for settings, and in the carving of wood, so as to perform in every inventive work. He also has put in his heart to teach both he and Oholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to perform every work of an engraver and of a designer and of an embroider in blue and in purple and in scarlet material and in fine linen and of a weaver as performers of every work and makers of designs. Exodus chapter 36. Now Bezalel and Oholiab and every skillful person in whom the Lord has put skill and understanding to know how to perform all the work in the construction of the sanctuary shall perform in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. Then Moses called Bezalel and Oholiab and every skillful person in whom the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him to come to the work to perform it. They received from Moses all the contributions which the sons of Israel had brought to perform the work in the construction of the sanctuary, and they still continued bringing to him freewill offerings every morning. And all the skillful men who were performing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work which he was performing, and they said to Moses, The people are bringing much more than enough for the construction work which the Lord commanded us to perform. So Moses issued a command and a proclamation was circulated throughout the camp saying, let no man or woman any longer perform work for the contributions of the sanctuary. Thus the people were restrained from bringing any more for the material they had was sufficient and more than enough for all the work to perform it. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. Exodus chapter 25 verses 1 to 9, the whole of chapter 35, and chapter 36, 1 to 7. We started on our discussion on the tabernacle, and if you missed last week's sermon, please do uh, listen to the sermon 
that we post in Facebook. It was the introduction of the tabernacle. Why do we study the Old Testament? I ask this question to us. We study the Old Testament so we may appreciate the New Testament more. The New Testament writers wrote with this background, having the background of the Old Testament. And many things that were written in the New Testament was actually rooted in the Old Testament. Therefore, the Old Testament is considered a shadow of the one to come. The one to come, of course, we know, is Jesus Christ, our Lord. But shadows of him, glimpses of him, are seen all over the Old Testament. Therefore, we humbly seek for it to gain more understanding. The New Testament, in some parts of it, will become abstract to us if we don't fully appreciate the details in the Old Testament. Therefore, it really takes time to learn and study God's Word. However, it is a journey that I was willing to take, and every believer must be willing to take this journey of learning, of never-ending learning. I started reading the Bible when I was 15 years old. I'm 50 already, and I think I have only scratched the surface. Even though I could say to you I have read a few thousand books already that are that spoke about the Holy Scriptures or the verses in the Holy Scriptures, yet I still feel I need to learn more. The title of today's sermon is A Call to Give. So, the dwelling place of God, God wanted to dwell amid His people. He showed His glory in Mount Sinai, and the people said, Moses, please speak to us directly. And uh, for they were afraid of God. And true enough, we should be if we are in sin. Only through Christ may we approach his presence. And when I mean through Christ, we have repented of our sins and have faith in the finished work, the sacrifice of Christ done for us. Once he walked with Adam, but he never lived within Adam and Eve. They walked in the cool of the day, but Adam lost that fellowship because of sin. But God still wanted to dwell amid his people. Therefore, a tabernacle would be constructed, a tent, a place of worship, a place where the symbols of the Christ to come would be placed. It is a place where every detail, every furniture, and including the pattern and the process, would have a meaning in the New Testament, even our Christian life. And as we study and learn this, many things of what the apostles said will make sense to us, will make sense. That's why we encourage you to read the whole Bible. Sometimes, I said, you may not understand it, everything yet, but just read through it. Because after you've read through it, somehow you will connect some of the pieces together. In fact, for some of you who started with the New Testament, I usually encourage people to start with the New Testament. But the usual experience is this. If you are intent in really reading it line by line, you will think that I don't understand some of these things in the New Testament. 
And you would further understand it once you begin reading Genesis and all over the Old Testament. Suddenly, the New Testament has some clarity. Again, some clarity. But the more we study it, the more we will see the beauty of the New Testament, of how God in detail prepared from thousands of years ago, thousands before the coming of Christ, these things were set. Every detail pointed to him. The law, which is the Torah, the first five books, including the Old Testament, the details in the Old Testament, and the details of the prophets, the major and the minor prophets, so many of these details, prophecies or furniture or symbols were set in place. Too much that it's too perfect. That's why we can say Christ Jesus is truly the Son of God, the Messiah which was to come. It will remove a lot of doubt in our minds because how can they of long ago say this to exact detail? How come from long ago when they said he would be born here and he would be called this and this will happen, how that in detail they got it? It would strengthen our faith even more that from different authors wrote about the Messiah, truly indeed he is the Son of God, he is God, he is true and he is Savior of us all. Therefore, what the apostles say in the New Testament will be firmly be rooted in us as well. So let's go to this study. So when God delivered Israel from Egypt, he instructed them to ask for wealth from the Egyptians. I hope you remember that in the earlier part of Exodus, to ask wealth from the Egyptians. The ten plagues were too much to bear for the Egyptians. Thus, the Egyptians willingly gave their wealth to the Israelites as long as they would leave their land. Amazing. There was a wealth transfer that happened here. There was a wealth transfer. A wealth transfer. No, I am not a prosperity preacher. Many prosperity preachers would say every believer should become rich. That is wrong. What is wrong with these people? Haven't they read the New Testament? That Paul said, I know what it is to be in abundance and I know what it is to have nothing. It means in our lives, sometimes we are tested with abundance. Sometimes we are tested with nothing, even poverty, to see if we will remain faithful. There was a wealth transfer that happened. You see, Israel collected the spoils of war without fighting. The same happened in the time of Jehoshaphat. They did not fight, but they collected the spoils of war. It was God fighting the gods of Egypt and the army of Egypt. Yet it was Israel who benefited from the spoils of war. So God allows his people some provision. And we believe that, that God will supply all our needs, not necessarily our wants, not necessarily our capricho, but we can trust that he will give us what we need to survive if it is not yet time to go. Of course, if it is time to go, 
He will allow you to be martyred at times, or at times it might be your last breath, then we welcome it if it is God's will. But as long as it is not yet time to go, God's protection and provision for all our needs shall be there. God always protected Paul the Apostle. Even though at times he suffered persecution, God did not allow him to die. Yet at the moment that he was about to die, he knew within his heart, he wrote to Timothy, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race. He knew it was time and God would lift his protection and make him die so that he would be ushered into glory. As long as it is not time, God will provide. We can trust that. God provides for his people, but sometimes God will test his people. Sabi ko sa iba, nung nagsimula yung pandemic, prepare for the worst. We don't know how terrible this will be. If it gets worse, food supply will be affected. And uh, just yesterday, I was online with a conference with the Secretary of Agriculture. And uh, I was just listening as a participant. And the major concern is food security during this time. Why not only food security in terms of planting, but also in terms of the supply chain, making sure it gets there. When the pandemic gets worse, hopefully it doesn't. We should pray it doesn't get worse. So please pray every day. But if God allows it, food supply will be affected. Therefore, I told many of our members, at least through our GCF Naga group page, if you're not part of that and you regularly attend there, feel free to join and say that you regularly attend. Okay, so um, I mentioned you may reduce your food intake. And I'm glad that when I saw many of you, you did not gain weight. Praise the Lord. Do not laugh. <laughs> praise the Lord. Why do I praise the Lord? At least you followed my instructions. Hindi ka mamamatay kung kakain ka dalawang beses o isang beses sa isang araw. Hindi ka mamamatay. Mag-a-adjust yung katawan mo. Don't say God is not providing because you eat one meal a day. No, don't say that. That is rubbish and foolishness. God still provided. You are still alive and you are not dead. So I had to model it, even though in my family it is a principle for us to have oversupply. Even without a pandemic, we have 20 sacks extra red rice. It is our our practice before, it is still our practice now. So when the pandemic happened, we still had so much red rice, in which I don't eat rice. If you guys know, I seldom, if ever, eat rice. So it's just there. We were prepared for war or pandemic or, or anything. Though it is our policy to have the supply, it was still our policy to eat less because of the pandemic. Why? We may have something to share to others just in case. Kaya lang yung iba baliktad. Mas lalong tumabaya tayong iba nung pandemic. Kasi luto ng luto kung ano sa bahay. Ano, parang wala nang bukas. No? Baliktad yung pananaw eh. Ha? Mauubos na ba yung pagkain? Bilisan natin. Baka mauubusan tayo. Baliktad yung pananaw. Ano? Ibis na ipreserve natin so that if everything's get worse, we are prepared. Now, going back, 
I believe God has, is always providing, but we don't see it that way. We think God does not provide because we are selfish and envious, because we are envious of somebody else. How come I don't have a nice car like this person, a nice house like this person? Then we think God does not provide. That is a wrong way of thinking. The right way of thinking is God is a God of plan. He is a God of purpose. We do what we must today. We must become disciplined and diligent. We must do our work the best we can and trust God will give us the provisions. In this season, in this time, all Israel had to do was believe because God would transfer them the wealth for what purpose? There is always a higher purpose. There is always a higher purpose. If you are blessed by God financially, listen and listen well. There is a higher purpose than your capriccio. There is always a higher purpose. There is a divine purpose higher than your selfish desires. I'm not saying that you do not reward yourself. I'm not saying that. I'm not a promoter of asceticism. I'm not a promoter of poverty mentality. Yes, do bless your family and yourself, although we must do it wisely. Do not spend as long as there is money. Ubus kung ubus. Sabi nga ng iba, may kasabihan, galit sa pera. Galit eh. Gusto, ayaw niya ng pera eh. Paano ayaw? Gusto niyang gastusin sa galit niya. It's a figurative term, of course. I heard that from a husband. Eh, misis ko, galit sa pera yan. Tuwing lalabas kami, wala. Ubus kung ubus. What's the purpose that God would bless Israel so that they can build a nation? To build a nation, they must build their families, their tribes. And the nation must be built. But moreover, the tabernacle must be built. The place of worship must be built. So God blessed Israel with the wealth of the Egyptians because one day, aside from building their homes, one day God would ask them to contribute to the place of worship that must be built, the tabernacle. God would call for a voluntary giving of resources to build the tabernacle, his dwelling place amid the nation. The people responded by giving more than enough for the needs of the construction. I like that. The people gave more than enough. I hope I belong to a church like that, that people will give more than enough that we need. You see, we have to pay for this building. We have to pay for its maintenance. We have to buy new aircon so that you are comfortable. And every now and then I see those old chairs. I wish to donate them somewhere in the satellites, but I need something new so that you would be comfortable. I don't want to give you monoblock chairs to sit on. Would you like monoblock chairs instead? No puffy cushion sitting. Maybe we should change it to pews, hardened pews. What do you think? But it's hard to move around and we cannot use this place. I hope that one day I would belong to a community, and I hope this is the community, whose members are willing to give more than enough for the work of God. And to make sure, we tell members, you can check the books, you can check the accounting if it is spent properly. And if it is not being spent properly, you can always raise that question among any of our elders or even to me. God would bless them 
Do not forget the purpose. When we are blessed by God, we always think first, how can I support the kingdom of God? Some people think God exists so that they can be blessed. That is a wrong way of thinking. We exist for his pleasure. That is what is in the Bible. Everything was made for him and by him. For his pleasure, we were created. There's even a song, a hymnal of that. I don't hear that too much in modern songs because many modern songs are just emotional mumbo-jumbos with not so much doctrine in them. So God would ask for a voluntary giving to build the tabernacle, his dwelling place. The people responded by giving more than enough, praise God. Perhaps the people saw the importance of God's presence among the nation. Now, they failed. These people failed in different areas. But in this area, in the area of giving, they did not fail. But their descendants would fail. You would read in the book of Haggai, in the book of Malachi, the people have been failing to give. So in Haggai, when they were rebuilding the temple after it was destroyed, they had to rebuild the temple. In the book of Haggai, the prophet said, many of you worked so hard, but you put it in a bag of holes because my house is laid waste. Let me paraphrase. Because you have not prioritized your giving for my house, the temple. Therefore, a lot of the things that you've earned, I have put holes in your bags. I have put holes in your pockets. Therefore, you earn much and suddenly it just disappears. For you have not put God's work first. In Malachi, it was more serious because, because God said, uh, uh, give and it shall be, give. And I will open the windows of heaven. He was giving a promise. And I will rebuke the plague that comes to you. That's for Malachi, for the people of Israel. How does this apply to us? We'll get there. Because this applies to the New Testament church. Number one, let's review again the story. God called for a contribution to build his dwelling place. The place of worship, the tabernacle, some items required were gold, sil gold, silver, wood, oil, precious stones, colored cloths, and fragrant incense. So there were materials needed. There were materials needed. And this was to be built according to the pattern that God showed Moses. It cannot be the way we want. It's a pattern in our Christian life today, you cannot live your Christian life the way you want it. It should be follow the pattern of God's word, of the holy scriptures. And that's the battle at times we have among teachers and scholars of the Bible, of those who study it. Which is more accurate? What is the pattern? That's why I've been challenging those who preach a, a diluted gospel which instead of challenging people to repent and believe, they make it easier by just accept him by, by saying this prayer, this sinner's prayer. And after that, they would assure them, after the sinner's prayer, you are saved. Where did the apostles do that? Where did Jesus do that? None, nowhere. It's not according to pattern. We follow the pattern of scripture and we follow it strictly as much as we can. It says, repent and believe. Luke 24, 47, Jesus said, repentance for forgiveness must be preached. I was talking to an American. I said, why are you so afraid to preach repentance when 
Jesus himself said we should. Afraid to offend people. Ah, that's why. You're afraid to preach repentance because you might offend others. So what are you? A believer or a politician? Which one? Just choose one. Are you a believer or a celebrity? Choose one. You cannot be both. So we preach what is in the word of God. But some are stubborn because it's their tradition. I've been saying before 100 years ago, 200 years ago, they do not do that thing. Somehow along the line, it became the popular version. But still today, many are purists. They'd follow the pattern of scripture. I see the pattern, I do it. That's why be careful who you listen to. If they're not that careful, if you know they're not that strict within themselves in studying God's word to present it, then we must be careful with those. God was very specific on what should be in the tabernacle. Today we are the dwelling place of God. The church as a community and us as individuals. We must be careful what we put in our minds and in our emotions and everything we do. Number two, God gave wisdom to Bezalel and Ohaliab. Oholiab. Well, whatever you like to pronounce it. In all manner of craftsmanship. Amazing. So God put wisdom upon them and skill. And suddenly... Either they had it before that became better or they were suddenly gifted by it. Suddenly they looked at it and they knew what to do. Somehow, because God gave dimensions, measurements on these things. There were measurements like the Ark of, like the uh, Noah's Ark. God was into the details. God was into the measurements. That's why we must be concerned with the details of our lives. But God gave wisdom to some people to help build his tabernacle. The same way today, God will give some of us wisdom. Some of us wisdom for what? To help build his church community. To help build the church of Jesus Christ. And look at the skills. And, and these two were filled with these skills and they taught others. They taught others. And praise God, others were willing to learn. Others were willing to learn. This is not a contest of who is better. It is a determination to learn so that we can all be useful in the kingdom of God. And the women spun their hands to create blue and purple and scarlet linen. Beautiful things. Wonderful things. Everybody was involved somehow. And number three, Moses. I like number three. Moses had to order the people to stop. Tama na, dami na. Sobra na. Ngayon baliktad yung sobra na. Ikaw, ang kulit mo, sobra ka na. Dapat, tama na, tama na ang giving. Okay, more than enough na. Hindi na kailangan yan. Hindi na kailangan yan. Kasi it's more than enough. That is what was happened for me. It's, yes, it was humorous in one sense. Uh, if you look at the articles that they sacrificed to give, the treasures in Egypt, they gave back to the Lord. Of course, I believe part of it they kept. They had to keep because they were building a nation. They had to build their families. But you can't eat gold, right? In the desert. 
you can eat gold in the desert. They gave some back to the Lord and they were giving more. They made sure, they wanted to make sure that the tabernacle will be built. Well, maybe out of fear of God as well. They don't want the, the manifestation of God to be among them, but rather within the tabernacle, contained within the tabernacle. Some applications, number one, materials and money. God's dwelling today is not the tabernacle. Through Christ, it is the church community. Take note, the church community, when Jesus said, go and make disciples, how did the apostles apply that? By planting churches. And how did they make disciples? And they continued in the apostles' teaching, in prayer, breaking of bread, and fellowship. That's how they made disciples. That's the application of how they made disciples. We believe in building church communities. But if you, pardon me, forgive me, if sometimes I'm not that excited with parachurch organizations. I respect a lot of them. They exist for a purpose. But if their existence does not support the local church communities, then I don't really like working for them. Anyone who partners with us, my question, are you going to make disciples? And if they don't, I usually take a step back. And personally, I, I give less of my support for that. The question is, are you going to make disciples? Are you going to follow through on this? Or are you just going to feed them and disappear? There must be some intention there. Because it is the building of church communities. That's how they applied it. Who did they feed? The ones within the community that were having a hard time. They prioritized that. God's dwelling place. Build the church. Jesus said, I will build my church. And that includes the people. Of course, that's about the people. It's building us. That's why we do discipleship. Because we want to build one another. That's why we try to align the thinking and the emotions of people. Some people don't understand discipleship. Some people don't understand that it is aligning people's minds and hearts to God. It's not just, just allowing them to exist in your group and you're happy and you're having fun and that's it, you gave your Bible lesson. Goodbye, ta-ta. You think that's it? No. We take what's in the scripture and we do our best. As Paul would say, persuade men. We persuade you. To be aligned to scripture. Hate us if you must, but we will persuade you. And hopefully the Holy Spirit will do his work as well. That's uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable because you've never been discipled before. You don't like being corrected, and that's why you're a fool. Proverbs said, those who hate correction is a fool. And being in a community, how do we build one another? Part of it is encouraging one another, but also correcting one another. Oh, Pastor Red, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. Of course, the word is a sword. It cuts, it prunes, it hurts, of course. If you're a growth group leader or a pastor, but you never correct people, you're a politician. You're a celebrity. You just want people to follow you instead of follow Christ. Because if we want them to follow Christ, either gently or firmly, we have to say it. We build the local church community. It is right that we contribute material blessings 
to the church community. Yes, it is right. Please don't wait for a special project. You want a special project? Buy me a property, okay? That's a special project. Some people wait for special projects before they give. The church is a continuous thing that serves you. If you want to be part of it, you want to benefit from it, that's why it's good to be part of a community that you build. That's why church hoppers never really belong. So when you try one hop here, go there sometimes, you know, in the end, you'll be all alone. Why? We never felt that deep commitment from you. I never think you really had that. And when you get in trouble or problems, you look for us. So I say, where? You belong to that church, you go there, you talk to that pastor. Not me. And that should be with the pastors here as well. It's unethical for us to receive somebody from another church asking counseling from us. It's unethical to the pastor there. Unless they are not members there. What do we build? How do we build God's church? By building church communities. So a person must commit somewhere to build it. It's not abstract. It's not I love you, my brothers and sisters. And many of us say that, but we're saying it in the abstract. Why? There's no real action. Real action happens in the small group. Real action happens in the church community. That's where real action happens, not the distance side part of it. We're not another religion that you can just come in and go. You hear a homily for crying out loud. I don't give homilies. I preach to you God's word. And I'm very careful not to give you my opinion on politics because that is not the main thing. I'm not saying do not be involved because this is a democracy. And yes, we have to be involved. But please be wise. All emotion. When will the people be wiser? When will the people think better? but I'm careful not to give that to you. Why? Uh, I don't want you labeling me in anything except one. I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ and I will die that way. And I will be remembered that way and nothing else. I'm a servant, I'm a son of God. I help build his church because he said, I will build my church. You can have a decision to follow me as a follower of Christ or do your own thing. But to be part of this church community means exactly that. Materials and money. We give. Now, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to ask you personally, do you give? Huh? Do you give? But as a pastor, you can ask me personally if I give. If you want to check my bank account, I won't give it to you either. <laughs> but I can honestly tell you that we do give a certain percentage and it is solid and the first thing we do is that we do not fear about tomorrow. We have 
taken dives in the past before. I've been bankrupt before. Zero, nada, negative in debt. But every time we earn something, our, my wife and I would discuss God first because it is God like the Israelite. He blesses us so we can build help build this church community and trust God that he will keep doing that process with us. And trust God that he will continue to provide for us rather than be afraid. I'd rather express faith. Faith. So we, I have a thinking, Lord, you are the God of wisdom. I will give to your work. And then I pray you give me wisdom. <laughs> wisdom for what? Solve my financial problems. But not only wisdom, Lord. Oh, Lord, send manna from heaven. Figurative, of course. If I see bread on the grass, I will not eat it. If I see money on the grass, I'll pick it up. But I say, Lord, bless your servant. And you can trust your servant to seek your kingdom first and give first into your kingdom. Now, what happens in a pandemic? What, do we encourage you not to give? We encourage you to be wise, but we still encourage you to give. Be wise. You know, the beautiful thing about the pandemic, the unnecessaries, unnecessary things were put aside. Right? Yeah, even if you want to. After a certain time, you can't go shopping anymore. And when you go shopping, you get discouraged. Why? But I feel it really funny why some people would go to malls and not go to church. Risking themselves out there. Oh my. Skills in time. Praise God, for he gives us skills and talents which we must use to bless our families. Yes, but furthermore, we must use the abilities he gives us to build our local church community, which requires time and energy. I pray the Lord would even give you dreams, disturb you in your sleep and say, Pastor Ed, I'm willing to volunteer. Oh yeah, what can you do? Anything. Okay. What anything? We can talk about it. But if you wait for somebody to tap you, please, do not have that mindset. I am not Superman, you know. Well, not that. We must share what we have by God's grace. We must be willing to volunteer what we know by God's grace. Humbly, yet with a genuine heart. You don't wait for people to say, can you help? You say, may I help? There's a big difference. The other one is why people are poor. Forgive me, I'm now <laughs> in my other self, which is motivating others to make things happen rather than to wait for things to happen. You make things happen. If you don't know God's grand calling for you, like before in the past, I really wanted God to call me while waiting. What did I do? I fixed the chairs and I swept the floor. That's what I did. 
till it became clear what God wanted me to do. We helped build the church community. You think God will suddenly make you a preacher overnight? You think he'll just make you a billionaire overnight? So you can give to his work? You think that happens that way? You know how it works? In the, well, you know the pattern, how it works? If you are faithful in a little thing, if you are faithful in this small thing, God perhaps might grant you bigger responsibilities. But if you cannot be faithful in the little things, how can you be given by God? But pastor, I've, also, I've worked hard and somehow uh, I've succeeded. Yes, in your own way, yes. But is it in the glory of God for the kingdom of God? I don't know. We give skills in our time to the Lord. So, you busy? Please never make that excuse. You ask God for wisdom how to arrange your schedule so that you can take care of your business, your family, and then you can contribute time to the work of God. But once you immediately give an excuse, I'm busy, it means you do not want to use your mind anymore. It means you do not seek for wisdom anymore. You have made a decision. My life is complicated, as if you're very special. Everybody's life has some complication. Not exactly yours, but all of us have problems. Ah, but once you immediately make these decisions, ganito kasi eh, then you have stopped yourself from gaining wisdom. But if you say, Lord, I want to see how. I don't know how. Oh, it's nearly impossible, Lord. But you are the God of the impossible. Therefore, I have faith in you that you will work these things out. Do something for your church community. Devote your skills and your time. Number three, heart and actions. And I will close with this. The Israelites gave more than enough. Moses had to order them to stop. They were more than willing to give to the Lord's work. Perhaps even eager, eager. Pastor, it's pandemic. We can't do anything. Yan ang pag-iisip na ayoko talaga. Who says we can't do anything? You, even, you haven't even asked. You haven't even prayed. You haven't even had the done research of what can be done in your home that can help build your church community. It's really here, you know. The barrier is here. We have put our barriers there. So I say to you, if you want to, God will guide you. You ask his wisdom, he will give you his wisdom. But if you have made up your conclusion, your human, earthly conclusion, then it's up to you. No divine wisdom for you. The Israelites were more than willing to give. Their heart and actions were in it. They were, it was in it. I hope that we would are more than willing and eager to give to the Lord's work to build his church. And hopefully, we give more than enough. That from either our abundance or our poverty, 
we will give. That is what is in Scripture. I will not tell you how much to give. Only you can determine that in your heart between you and God. But remember the story of the widow. Or, 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 or the poor lady who had only a bowl. And she gave all she had. And there's a rich man who gave a little. Some who exhort in giving get it wrong. You know what some people say? God does not look at the amount. It's the willingness of your heart. The other part is true. The willingness of your heart is true. But no, no. Look at the parable again. Look at no, It wasn't a parable. It was, a, it was an observation. You know what Jesus said? She gave more. Why? So I say to people, it is not the amount. It is the percentage. For that woman who was poor, all she had was the bowl. She gave 100% of what she had. And the rich man who gave a little, what? Gave nothing, even if it's comparatively, not nothing literally, but comparatively it was small. I'm not one who tells you what, but you must determine it in your heart. I will not give you promises like the prosperity preacher says. God will give you a hundredfold in one month. Who knows? Only God knows that. Maybe God will. Maybe not. Maybe it will be given back to you, I don't know, in 20 years. I don't know. I'm not one who can promise that. But I'm one to say that if you give from your heart, and God will be pleased. And we would have together built his church community. And my prayer for all of us, that all of us would be blessed abundantly by God. But never let the wealth get into our heads. Never let the wealth become, we become more stingy, but rather we become generous in the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Your word is true. At one time, you asked for the Israelites to give, and they gave more than enough. Lord, in different seasons of our lives here in the New Testament, in building our church community, there are times that you would move us to give more. There are times that we would give our regular giving. Yet, Lord, we are not a church that manipulates people with their money. We only preach your truth. Let everyone, O oh Lord, deal with everyone personally, independently. But as a church community, may our hearts be one. And one day when we come before you, we can say, we have been part of your church. We have contributed in making disciples and bringing people into communities, small communities in growth groups. We have blessed one another with our words, with our ears as we listened, with our prayers. We have blessed one another. We have built one another. And we have reached out to the lost. We preach the gospel where it says repent and believe, where it says Jesus Christ died and rose again from the dead. We have preached the gospel. We have been faithful, Lord. We pray that one day we would come before you and you will find us faithful. That in the very details of our lives, you'll find us faithful. That every decision we make, even what to wear, even what career to take, 
what emotion to, to fuel and to reject, to subdue, what thought to build, what thoughts to reject. We pray that we would be faithful. In the way we choose our friends, may it be according to the pattern of Scripture. How we choose our spouse may be according to the pattern of Scripture. How we treat our spouse may it be according to the pattern of Scripture. How we build our families and your church may it be according to the pattern of Scripture. May every detail be submitted to your sovereign rule, O Lord. We admit we make many mistakes and we are stubborn sometimes with some details in our lives. We cannot change ourselves, but we trust in the power of your Spirit that the more we seek you in prayer and humble ourselves before you, we trust and believe that you will make that change in us by your grace. Lord, we pray for GCF Naga. Let your name be known in this church community. Let your name be known here. Let the people here be known by your name. Let the people here, let the people you bring here bow down before you and surrender every detail of their lives. May our lives glorify you May the very names, our very names, would be associated with your word, with your gospel. Unashamed, unafraid, servants of God, children of God. An assembly, a family, an army, your people. Lord, we pray in this place and in this community, we pray you have your people. You want your people, you have your people here. Not unto us, but to thy name give glory. Not unto us. Not our will, but yours be done. Let us all rise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. May the Spirit that dwells within you continue to comfort you, to teach you, to correct you, to guide you, to lead you. May those here who are not yet, not yet believers in heart, Holy Spirit, regenerate their hearts. Give them a new heart that they may desire you and you alone. May the Lord's protection and peace be upon you. And everybody say, Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. Please uh, practice social distancing when you go down and when you speak with one another. Good day. May the blessing of the Lord be with you. See you next Sunday.